0: This is not a rank thing. This is not, you know, what the sergeant should look after the constable, or, you know, who's looking after the sergeant? Because nine times out of ten, you don't see a staff sergeant for for quite some time on the roadside. I said, never mind the civilian side, and you know, our caretakers or our, you know, our 911 staff, our DAX in, in the detachments, like everybody's traumatized by different things and you know if if somebody close to them is involved in a call I mean they're affected by this too welcome to
1: 10-5 the official podcast of the OPP Association I am your co-host Scott Mills
2: and I'm Josh Jutras we are the strategic communications coordinators for the Ontario Provincial Police Association in Ontario Canada
1: the OPP Association is the sole bargaining agent for the close to 10,000 members of the Ontario Provincial Police in Ontario, Canada. Our rallying cry is, our members are our focus and our strength. We aim to provide important information to our members and the public about matters that affect policing in the province of Ontario.
2: Now on today's episode, i pleased to be joined by Sergeant Bruce Angel from the Grey Bruce Detachment in West Region. We're talking about it's okay not to be okay. And welcome to the 10-5 Pro- podcast
0: Bruce thanks Josh uh, good to be here looking forward to helping uh, get a message out to the membership and the times are changing and it's okay to ask for help especially and uh, really appreciate the opportunity here
1: well, welcome Bruce uh, thanks a lot for talking with us today and uh, it's it's extremely important I think what, what you're doing here so um, I think it's going to be a great discussion. Uh, we understand that you're currently seconded to the regional support team. I was just wondering uh, when we get started here if you can explain what that is for us.
0: Yeah, guys. Uh, basically, uh, I'm a road sergeant in Gray Bruce and uh, just took a secondment to uh, the regional crime unit. Um, so, basically, we provide some added resources. Uh, to detachment crime units, to CIB uh, for major cases and whatnot. Kind of a, I guess, a utility player in the, in, in the crime game and uh, just a few extra tools in our toolbox.
2: Uh, Bruce, let's go back to the beginning. Uh, can you tell the audience of where you've worked in uh, your career? How did everything start?
0: Yeah, um, 1992, uh, I was hired by uh, London Police Service. Um, basically a small timer, uh, realized pretty quick that we aren't in Kansas anymore, Dorothy. And <laughs> so I, uh, I, uh, joined there in 92, uh, come March 98, my wife and I, uh, had our first son and it was time to go home for me. And, uh, the OPP, uh, was, uh, able to give me that opportunity to move home and, uh, And uh, become a member back in 98. We moved home uh, to my hometown and um, been here ever since. Spent some time in uh, 99 uh, up to 2003 with some break and enter and uh, drug enforcement and actually I was in the the crime unit, uh, regional crime unit back then so I've kind of returned I think it's 19 years since I left so back there uh, just giving a hand where I can now, and, but uh, went, to, uh, went back to uniform uh, in 2003. We were putting some uh, crazy hours in, and, and what happened was uh, my then six-year-old kid called me on the phone and asked if Dad could come to visit him at his house tonight. I, I took from that conversation with my six-year-old that maybe it's time Dad went home. So uh, <laughs> I uh, went back to uniform. And uh, around about 2007, they started up the the local uh, drug units again, and I was fortunate enough to to get uh, back into drugs and spent some time in OSEB and and DES. And then in 2011, um, we've been working again pretty hard and uh, some projects and G20, whatnot. So I asked again to go back to uh, uniform. Um, Back, back then it was a Bruce peninsula detachment and uh, was then a sergeant and uh, just wanted to watch the kids grow up uh, in their teen years so I um, spent a little bit of time with uh, with Gary O'Brien and uh, Intel and uh, a few years back and but I've always made uh, Bruce Peninsula in the uniform sergeant role in my home so and then, just in the last couple of months, uh, I was fortunate enough to just help out uh, with the regional support team and uh, help where I can there. So that's where we are right now.
1: Well, you seem to be a, a well-positioned, uh, perfect person to talk about this topic we're talking about here today, uh, Bruce. So we're uh, we're going to ask you some questions, then get into your uh, three wishes
0: for change. If you're okay with that? Sure. Yeah, it, it's uh, just, a, just a spoke in the wheel, guys. Nothing, uh, <laughs> nothing big there.
2: So. Bruce, take us back to the start of 2021 and talk to us about what transpired for you.
0: Well, um, like I said, 2021, just last, uh, last year. You know, I'm in my, uh, I'm going to say my 29th year um, in policing. Um, and anybody that worked the road knows the tough calls kind of come in waves and uh, Not always uh, during a full moon if you know what I mean aside from uh, You know the regular tragedies that we deal with uh, deaths domestics violence um, Basically, I've never been called in all those years to a Christmas dinner with anybody The only time I get called to Christmas dinner is when the Christmas tree comes out the front window so um, it's pretty regular for uh, for us and first responders alike um, most of the public uh, kind of appalled at some of the stuff uh, that uh, we think are pretty regular but anyway uh, back to 2021 in March um, had a couple uh, couple days a couple rough days um, our uh, our unit our shift uh, um, had a couple. Uh, we had actually three firearm suicides in in 24 hours, which is kind of more than normal. Um, so it was uh, it was a it was a solemn time with the unit for sure, with the shift. Um, the third one actually um, it was a close family friend of mine. Um, didn't know it at the time um dispatched to a call like every other day and uh, it turns out uh, he's a, um, was a friend of mine um, that passed away and that was at the scene and, um, and took that uh, pretty hard that day. Um, so, uh, you know, it felt, uh, felt pretty close to home. Uh, there's a good group of, you know, eight, ten families that uh, my family is close to and hang around with on a regular occasion and uh, this was this was part of our group at home so um um i uh i had the i felt obligated to be there that day um i, I didn't know at the time until i got to the scene what i was even dealing with as a road sergeant and um, you show up and you get what you get and on that day it kind of is close to home Um so as I said, I felt obligated uh, to kind of finish the call. Um, my uh, detachment manager called me and offered to f- get me out of there. Um, and I insisted with him that I stay. Um, just felt like I uh, needed to be there uh, for the family. Um, so uh, during that day, uh, um, one of my members was um, a little traumatized by it, it, was, it was very graphic. and. Um, little bit younger and I had uh, two members with me on scene and uh, I, uh, I let the, the, the one that was having a little bit of trouble with it, I, I said to him, you can take off. I'll, I'll stick around. And this is, uh, left me and a senior member who I still, uh, I thank to this day for everything he did that day for me. He, uh, he, he recognized that I was having trouble and he asked if there was an issue and, uh, I told him that it was a, a buddy of mine that had, uh, that was before us. So, um, he, uh, he, he, took good care of me that day as a, as a supervisor. And I, uh, I do appreciate that. Um, during that day, a whole bunch of things are going through my mind. Um, and, but I was having a lot of trouble with, uh, flashbacks and, uh, on different calls and specifically, um, Ten years prior, and uh, for whatever reason, I'm sitting at that scene, and I'm I'm remembering um, six deaths from 2011. So I've gone back now 10 years in my mind, and um, those uh, those deaths from 2011. I'll, I'll elaborate about them uh, in in a few minutes, but. Um, So for some reason, that's happening. And um, so, um, uh, once uh, the deceased had uh, left the scene, um, the actual coroner I had dealt with for years and years, and he had contacted me uh, while I was there and asked me to attend the the family home because uh, um, the uh, spouse of the deceased was asking for me. So I attended and as, uh, and twofold, I guess, more, uh, more as a friend than as a police officer, but at the same time still felt, uh, obligated to follow this through. So I spent uh, some time there and, uh, when I left, my manager called me again and I said, listen, I said, I don't know what's going on, but, uh, you need to, you need to get me some help there. Um, and, uh, I said, I don't know what I need. I said, but I need something. I said, I never, never had this feeling before. So, um, it's, uh, it, it it was an eye opener. It was, and, uh, it, uh, it got me, uh, connected, uh, first with the wellness unit. Um, and that was before I even got back to the office. I was still in my cruiser, hands free, of course. And, (laughs) um, as I was driving back to the office, um, spoke to them and uh, we decided that uh, maybe Encompass um, through our benefits uh, was a way to go and uh, through Encompass uh, they immediately uh, got me in touch uh, with uh, the support uh, group um, or a, uh, pardon me, a handler and I call it a handler but it's a, a a counselor, basically, um, who uh, was able to put me in touch with a, a counselor, official counselor. Um, but they gave me options, they they, uh, they put out there that, uh, you know, they'd get me anything I needed. Um, I said, listen, I said, I just don't, want, I want somebody that knows about first responders. I said, I don't want to explain my job to them. And I said, I'm old school and face to face is my way and um they uh, came back to me like within minutes and said listen I can get you face to face right now um but it's not with a first responder f- uh person and um, or a familiar person or uh I can get you virtual with a first responder uh, person so covid was in right then so I took the uh I opted for the virtual version and uh and spoke with the counselor uh right away like within a day and uh and actually i'm still uh, still virtual uh with her right now, and she's actually the one I think that uh got got us together for this um but uh you know i i uh visit with her if you will uh once a month, just check in and make sure everything's good and um, but anyway, back to 2021, uh, you know, we got a few more regular deaths through the year. Um, same age people as myself um, or, uh, you know, a friend of uh, my kids that, uh, you know, in a motor vehicle accident. Um, d- different things like that that just, just seemed to pop up. Small community. I do remember one. It was just a normal, natural heart attack uh, victim. Uh, he was a retiree within within a week. And uh, while his spouse was grieving in the hospital, there's a doctor and nurse and I were standing in the hallway and uh, we were all about the same age and about the same uh, same time in life. And, and the doctor turned and he said to the nurse and I, he says, uh, what do you think of retirement now? And it, we all had that look on our face like, yeah, this is pretty close to home. So um anyway uh we get to October and and uh, we had a family tragedy uh in October my uh sister and brother-in-law were both killed in a in a motor vehicle accident um but uh it uh you know it, it was just a long year a long year for uh for myself and and uh, but anyway um the I'm still with the like I said speaking with my counselor and it's you know as needed basis i'm good there's no issues uh and that i know of other than you know a bit of lack of sleep or whatever but uh and, but i'm gonna take you back to 2011 um, and these flashbacks i was having from a scene in 2021 um, these deaths were uh, for some reason they just pop up and the mind plays some strange things um, as we all know at different times but um, these deaths um, were directly related to my circumstances or my age so I, so I, uh, I think what's happened is I felt a natural um, reaction to anybody in my like circumstance if that makes sense and so um, you know again 2011 is one of those waves that uh, we go through where you have a bunch and then you won't have some for and uh, but anyway there's you know people drowning in three feet of water and just not waking up at night and they're your age Um, you know a couple of young fellows passed away as brothers that uh, were you know the same age as my kids and or the same years apart and uh, just just kind of circumstances like that that kind of make you go hmm so yeah for some reason in 2021 um in march these incidents start popping up and i'm remembering these things like like they're happening right then so that's when i said that's uh that's kind of enough is enough and uh what, what i'm getting at is kind of my work world and my uh, personal world collided and uh you know it, it happens you get small town communities you get bump into people that kind of thing and just seemed to be more circumstantial in this where there's a lot happening at once and for some reason I'm relating that to my circumstances. You know, close friends, close family involved in calls, and you know, people my kids ages, all circumstantial, but they pretty they uh they still hit home pretty good. And and why, right? We wanna ask ourselves why, but after uh after the uh the one in march where my uh a friend of mine had passed there and i met with the family i met with uh uh, our friend group that night um right after the incident i drove i spoke to the counselor in the parking lot at our detachment before i went home and uh i had called ahead to to organize our friend group like i said eight ten couples and their kids and uh, we all went out to a to a friend's house and and just sat around the fire and uh kind of i filled them in as best i could with as much as i could uh as regarding uh our friend's passing and uh you know i'm i'm now i'm i'm filling in people i care for quite quite dearly about the passing of one of our own right so um what we're, we're there and we're doing that and and uh um maybe uh, after the funeral uh which we all attended obviously um there was a thank you notice from the family in the in the local uh newspaper um normally i don't read that stuff but you know it's regarding our friend so i read it and um the family actually uh took the time to uh thank me personally in the in the paper and uh, again, I'm, I'm relating where my work collides with my personal side and, you know, for them to do that and in their circumstances and their, their pain, um, I was kind of aghast at that and I was taken, taken back by it. Um, but uh, during uh, this reading I was doing, there was also some condolences there from, from uh, citizens that also knew uh, the deceased. And one of those uh, citizens wrote in there about how uh, they understood because they had a family member pass away the week earlier and uh you know, how how what such a loss it was and 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 that and so what happened uh is it's a small world because I was at that death as well. And I spent uh better part of two or three hours with that family member. Um just uh kind of waiting for a coroner and doing our thing on the policing side, but I'm reading this going what a small world when when you read stuff like that at you know at another one right yeah that, that was uh, that's kind of the personal side uh and you know I, I don't know if I've mentioned yet, but uh, both my kids are uh are are young men now, and I say young men they're in their twenties and uh both have been fortunate enough to become police officers as well and um, one with york regional and and uh his brother with uh with us um and um you know i just uh that day when when i asked for assistance oh, i'm gonna say the majority of that was uh was for me because something was off and um, but um when you know these things happen and they come in ways and it's kind of it becomes overwhelming right so um, I wanted to make sure that, that those those guys of mine um, are able to say that you know what it's okay not to be okay and they can step forward and they can reach out um, I know uh, York has a dynamite program and you know ours is ours has come along real good here um, so I just uh, it uh, it's yeah it's it's uh, it's a lot sometimes, but you know what? It's a great career. You know, I, I love going to work every day, um, regardless of where that is. And my guys got into it, hopefully not because of me, and because uh, we never pushed them one way or another. They uh, they both chose to serve. So, and yeah, that's uh, that's kind of where uh, where we're at right now. I like I said, I have no problem telling people about it. What happened? I mean, stuff happens, right? And I'd rather have it uh, my people come forward. I, you know, we got a great young organization, and uh, we, we've got good people, and they deserve good things. So, I want them to be able to, you know, to step out and say, you know what, we can do it. We can we can get by it, and things happen, right? So.
1: Thanks a lot for uh, sharing that, Bruce. Uh, you did a tremendous job there, uh, honoring your friend. I can kind of, kind of relate it to your story. It's, uh, it just, uh, it just, um, I think what you're doing here by by telling your story is going to definitely help more than just your sons. And uh, can't thank you enough for for joining us here today. And I think we can agree. Uh, that the image of uh, mental health is, is changing. I was just wondering if you could uh, explain your thoughts on that.
0: Yeah, I mean, let's, uh, I, I kind of compare it to the concussion, right? And I don't, I don't know why I thought of it this way, but I did. Um, 30 years ago or more when I was a kid, more, um, when, you got, when you got hit in the head, you got your bell rung right and nobody knew what a concussion was and nobody really cared they just they put you back out there and you played and did whatever you had to do um now um you know concussions have come like twofold right there there's all kinds of baseline testing and these are for kids at young ages like you know 10 11 years old go in and get a baseline concussion test and you know there's concussion protocols in every sport you know I guess sometimes in the NFL when they want to but (laughs) but uh, (laughs) just the same you know the protocols are there now and they're you know they're pulling people out of games and you know the concerns for the is just for the player now and it and it should be right it's not about the money or the result of the game It's uh, it's you know cleaning that up and making sure people people are all right long term and uh, then we turn our our thoughts to mental health and you know I don't know if I can say this or not we've done a pretty piss poor job over the years looking after our people um, for the same reasons as the concussion nobody knew anything about it you know Um, it's devastating for our people at every turn. Um and, you know, I, I was probably one of those people that thought like that years ago. Um, hopefully I think I've changed the my tune in the last fifteen years, but it's uh you know, that was the original thought. Um but originally, you know, you were weak or you you know, it was thought to be fabricated or whatever the story was, People, you know, Our people didn't come forward, and that was basically anywhere. It wasn't just in policing, but, you know, a lot, because that's been my life for 30 years is policing, that that, that's the fact. Um, People didn't come forward, and they're embarrassed, or, you know, fear of being chastised, or whatever the case may be. I said, you know, I see now, um, you know, we've we've come a long way, and we're closing the gap um, with, you know, numerous... Units, wellness units, and programs and supports, and uh, through the OPPA with the increased benefits. But we are not, by any way, shape, or form, uh, close to the removal of the player from the game type uh, point, if you know what I mean. Um, you know, whether it's the money involved or the availability for our service, you know, for the extra services or, or something else, we're just. You know, we're closing the gap, but we're not we're not as far as the concussion side yet. Um hopefully, you know, with with everybody's uh you know, knowledge and, and whatnot that uh you know, management's doing a bang up job trying to catch that up and catch it up quickly. And for that it should be commended. And you know, that's kinda that's kind of my take on the on where we're at with uh with the mental health.
2: Bruce, in the preparations for this episode, you had mentioned taking care of our own, and I uh, wanted you to expand on that, if you wouldn't mind.
0: Well, um, our own, whether it's, well, um, the commissioner to the caretakers, right? It's, uh, this is not a rank thing. This is not, you know what, the sergeant should look after the constable, or you know who's looking after the sergeant because nine times out of ten you don't see a staff sergeant for for quite some time on the roadside i said never mind the civilian side and you know our caretakers or our you know our 911 staff our dax in, in the detachments like everybody's traumatized by different things and you know if if somebody close to them is involved in a call i mean they're affected by this too and uh you know i I have numerous people call me every time a uniform member uses loses his life i said i got I got personal friends who aren't police officers call me you know asking how our family's doing because I know there's three of us in the house i s- and you know they're just wondering how we're doing so i mean this this is a kind of mentality we need to look at for taking care of our own you know, kind of change the mindset a little bit that it's not just. You know supervisors or it's uniform i it's, it's the civilians it's it's the families of these people too like they're taking this stuff home right and uh you, you never know how how things affect people and the old mentality where you go to a call and we'll deal with whatever happens after and, and that's that's that is an old mentality and i'm i'm an old school guy but i've kind of changed my tune the last bunch of years and you know you try and know your people you know you know their family names you know um you you know them to uh that if they have small kids and they get dispatched to a sid's death you you try and send somebody else if you can or you try and get them out of there as soon as you can and if you can't you can't but i mean I, th- I think it's incumbent to, to look after our people like that. And it's not just the sergeants looking after the constables. I mean, another constable can step up saying, I know that guy's dad has a heart attack. And if he's going to a, you know, a heart attack victim of the same age, maybe that's going to bother him. I'll step in and take that, right? And that, t- that type of mindset's a hard thing to change. And, you know, knowing your people there's been different times over the years where you hear of, uh, you know, coffee with the commander or, or those type of things where they put out to the media where you can come in and meet the commander of a different unit and have coffee with them and talk about different issues. Um, well, my guys, you know, in, in jest, um, because I always insisted that we get together. So they decided that it was breakfast with Bruce. And... Uh, <laughs> You know whether it's co- whether it's coffee, coffee meets door to door, or or just general conversation. You know, face to face if we can, because the a text and the phone just doesn't do the same work, right? But it's better than nothing. I get it. You know, taking care of our own, you know, people that are off, right? Like that are off on with with their own issues. You know, and and we have, I'll, I'll say, hundreds of them. But does anybody check in with these folks? Right, I know personally. I know people that I've gone, and I I try to stay in touch with as many as I can, as often as I can. And I mean, sometimes it's not possible with lives and that kind of thing. But to go and have coffee with them and and shoot the breeze, and I I almost tend to find myself asking them asking them more about how they got to where they are, so I can you know I think we all have a you know the the stigma, but we just you know we deal with it in different ways and breaks people in different ways right so but you know the families too like checking in with that spouse of a friend to say hey i, I know johnny's having a tough time how are you doing right and that that type of thing you know getting uh people to touch base I, just more often and it's okay to stop in when you're driving by you can say oh i don't have time right now but to to pop in for two minutes means a lot to a lot of people so that's, uh, I couldn't
1: agree with you more, uh, Bruce.
0: For five minutes of somebody's day, you know, for a guy that's been off for two years and, you know, every couple weeks somebody gives him a call or goes for coffee with him, I mean, that's not much to ask for. And, and I don't put it on all on management, but it, it it's, uh, you know, if, if, a, if a detachment has five people off, you know, five minutes of of a month or five minutes of every two weeks is not a whole lot to ask for our people, do you know what I mean? And sometimes they don't wanna talk and that's fine, but at least putting the offer out there saying, listen, can I give you a call back in, in a month or a couple of weeks, we'll go for a coffee. And you know, it's just about coffee. It's not about work, right? Like to get away from that.
1: Very, uh, very well-spoken uh, Bruce and uh, needs to be said. So uh, we're at that part in the episode here where we're going to ask you your your, uh, your three wishes, Bruce. Take it away.
0: I think the biggest one, especially with all our new people coming in, um, and maybe they don't have the same uh, same history with with people. Like you know, I'm bumping into people every day that I met 30 years ago, or went to college with, or they're texting me, or you know, it's just. Uh, it's a good feeling to know people that are out there reaching out to you. And, um, just to know your people and their families and their circumstances. I, I, I tend to use the analogy for me is, if something ever happens to one of my people, I don't want to go to the door of their house and say, hello, Mrs. Smith, would you come with me? I'd like to call her by first name or call that spouse and say, listen, we've got to go to the hospital. Right. And for that, uh, for that not to be a personal thing is uh, from from somebody within. I, I think it needs to be, but we got we got 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 to get everybody on board that you know this, this is a this is a career. This is not a a, a stopover, right? And, and there's programs for everybody, and more openly, rank should not matter. Like you know, I I've never met the commissioner, but he's a well-spoken man, and and I think we're all proud proud to be a part of uh, whatever he's trying to to change, and, you know, from him down to the local caretaker, you know, it's okay to have coffee, right? Like, it's okay to to, to touch base and, you know, there is no rank. You're not better than anybody because you're at this rank or you're in this position. It doesn't happen like that. The second uh, thing I would, you know, if, would like to see on the mental health side is, Somehow we need to get a program in place and where it's easier to access. And I don't mean by phone or, you know, the the typical uh, four phone calls and you get through to somebody deal. Um, but it's, uh, it's just where I'm, when a member initiates assistance, it seems to have to come from the member. Um, yes, there are times when somebody above him or somebody working with him will call, but those are few and far between, right? Uh, those unannounced visits by uh, psych or by a debriefing team, I mean, they're all planned, and it's basically volunteer to co. It's not they show up and everybody's already at work and everybody will be sitting in on this. Um, you know, something like that would be, uh, I think, such a beneficial thing is to catch people you know, without them having the opportunity to, you know, not attend or find something else to do that day. Um something like that and you know for the and i come from a rural area um you, from our perspective it's easy if you ask for it but if you don't ask for it nobody's knocking on the door right like you know i realize everybody's based out of ghq and uh, regions and yes they're only a phone call away but it's almost uh incumbent upon the person in need to reach out and um, somehow i'd like to see um, that become a, an easier process, and uh, the third point, uh, um, just generally looking after all of our people. And I, when I mean all, I mean, like I said, from the commissioner to the caretaker. Thunder Bay is different than Ottawa. It's different than Windsor, and everybody in between. But somehow or another, you know, the big blue machine. Sometimes we gotta we gotta try and make it a little smaller to to. Uh, to make sure our people um, are taken care of. Uh, you never know what's up in people's uh, personal lives and their work and how it affects them. Um, you never know, you know if they're connected to somebody down the road that's affected by that. Like, and I harp on the civilians, but they seem to be the forgotten few when it comes to, to mental health, right? And, and you'd like to, you'd like to see, uh, see them involved a little more, too. And it's just—it's not just before when you're where you're recognizing potential problems, like I said, by not sending that kid to the or that uh, you know young member with young kids to the SIDS death. Uh, But you know during when you're asking for resources and you know more debriefings or the availability to more debriefings, and whether it's you know virtual or whether they show up in person, Um, and then afterwards, like I said, with the follow-up and and uh, whether it's coffee or calling them for five minutes every month and like i said not talking about work just asking asking how people are right and five minutes isn't very much but uh, anyway that's uh oh i guess those would be my wishes guys
2: thanks for that bruce uh, any final thoughts before we let you go
0: um you know what um just uh thanks for having me i uh i'm not this guy and not very uh out there if you will old schooler but um i would uh yeah just like to thank you for the for the slot today and uh i like the title that you guys did up with the, it's okay not to be okay that's a that's a pretty uh everyday thing and whether you're working or whether you're at home right it's okay not to be okay but uh thanks for what you guys do uh there for uh for our people and appreciate it
1: thanks bruce uh, for your uh, your courage and resolve to share your story here uh, we very much appreciate it and there's no doubt that your leadership is going to help others uh is it okay to put your contact info out there for anyone listening who'd like to reach out to you directly or do you want we could put it
0: through to us and uh yeah, contact sure. you yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. you guys want to get Talk a hold here. of me with anybody I, absolutely
1: We'll we'll say that there that uh, people can email us communications at oppa.ca if you wanna connect with Bruce and uh, we'll we'll put you in touch. Um, I only say that Bruce because uh, I've gone through my own journey and uh, I actually shared a little portion of it out in the in the newspaper when I retired from Toronto Police and uh, I to this day I get people reaching out to me and uh, wanting to talk. So I. just... I think
0: it's a yeah, I mean, there's so. there, there's a lot of people with a lot, you know, more horrific stories than I have. It's just, uh, you know, if if we can all uh, get on side a little bit, change the mentality, I think we're in a better place. Yeah, well, we're um, we'll also
1: put in the show notes here uh, how you can reach out to the program that uh, that Bruce reached out to, the Encompass uh, Mental Health Wellness Program. Uh, their website is the encompasscare.ca there's no ass on the end of encompass it's uh, e-n-c-o-m-p-a-s care.ca and uh there's a 1-800-24-7 number there uh, uh that we'll put in the show notes as well and that includes a crisis line and that's all for that's all for our members here the oppa members and their families. so uh, good to know that's out there and uh, it's good to know people like bruce are using it so well, thank you uh Thanks so much for sharing, uh,
0: Bruce. Yeah, appreciate it, guys. Thanks a lot.
2: OPP Sergeant Bruce Angel from the Gray Bruce Detachment. Uh, thanks so much for everything, Bruce. Thanks for your courage to come on here. We do appreciate it. We hope to have you back on in the future. Yeah, no worries. And that is our episode for this week. New episode drops next Friday, and all episodes are always available on our blog at oppa.ca/media. If you like what you hear please use the subscribe button on your podcast platform so you never miss an episode for scott mills i'm josh jutris and from everyone here at the opp association thanks for listening and be safe